analysis of twilight this is i saw i just glimmered at your notes i didn't read them because i wanted to have it be a surprise but this is very thoroughly laid out like i feel like i'm taking a business class on it are you gonna give yeah, like a little bit I of a background actually, like, first oh absolutely oh, uh, there will be a background and there will be a preface with like we're only skimming the surface i am not talking about nearly as much as i probably could or as much as out there um so my knowledge even it extends past um so twilight if you're not familiar um a brief overview it was a series of four books the twilight saga turned into movies that rocked pop culture in the 2000s and 2010s um the plot from google straight up twilight plot because the summary on the backs of the books are not helpful, although I can give it to you probably word for word for the, at least the Twilight book. How many times did you read um, Twilight the book? I don't even know. Like a lot. I like a lot. Like I probably reread the entire series a few times and then I reread and like skipped through to the parts that I really, really enjoyed. Like Often. an embarrassing number of times I okay know. I did not know this about you but same like I've read the entire series I don't know how many times and even more embarrassing I don't know that many junior high kids that had bathroom books but I did have a book I read in the bathroom and it was Twilight and, and then I would get yeah. addicted and I would take it into my room and I would fucking just read the entire thing and I'm <laughs> like I started getting resentful of myself for putting in the bathroom because I would do that so often where I'm like just kidding I'm hooked again I love it that's amazing <laughs> so that's my really embarrassing <laughs> anecdote about myself <laughs> totally fine totally fine profile but you gotta know well, the plot of Twilight is that <laughs> high school Bella's. Swan... <laughs> okay, I'm listening. <laughs> okay. High school student Bella Swan in the movies played by Kristen Stewart, always a bit of a misfit, doesn't expect life to change much when she moves from sunny Arizona to rainy Washington State. Then she meets Edward Cullen, played by Robert Pattinson, a handsome but mysterious teen whose eyes seem to peer directly into her soul. Edward is a vampire whose family does not drink blood, and Bella, far from being frightened, enters into a dangerous romance with her immortal soulmate. So, yes, I started reading the books in sixth grade. I'm guessing you're probably somewhere similar. My sixth grade teacher, I went to private Lutheran school. My sixth grade teacher recommended it to me, and I went home, and my mom had already bought it, and it's been on her bedside table, and... I was like, hey, can I borrow this? And she's like, yeah, no problem. And she hadn't read any of it yet. And my parents don't care anyways. Like, don't monitor any content. Um, so they didn't care after they figured, like, 
they wouldn't have cared. Um, <laughs> read it all, got to like gossip with my sixth grade teacher about it. And then, um, so yeah. And by reading in sixth grade, we were a little ahead of the curve because the movies didn't come out until like seventh, eighth grade. So 2008. Yeah. So just like a, a year or two after that. Yeah. 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 Um, it, I, I don't know if like, I'm assuming most people who be listening to us, it, this grew up like in the same era as us, or at least know of it. But if for some reason, like you didn't, just know that there's no way to understand the cultural phenomenon that was the Twilight Saga. Like it rocked everything. I think, I mean, people were just obsessed with it. And that was me, like, it was my entire life. Everything I daydreamed about, like a boyfriend, was Jacob Black. <laughs> oh, was, oh, you're showing some true colors. So you were Team Jacob. Mm-hmm. I'm Team Michael. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're we're opposed mm-hmm. parties over here. Interesting. <laughs> I always say that like I was probably Team Edward for the books, but Team Jacob for the movies. Wow. It's interesting you're able so to like ride your media like that. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, the books, sorry, we're stick to a schedule since I have three pages of notes for this. Um, <laughs> um, the author for this series is Stephanie Meyer and just reading from her bio on her website. Controversial. Um, best known for her Twilight series, Stephanie Meyer's four book collection has sold over 100 million copies globally in over 50 countries with translations in 37 different languages. Meyer was the highest selling author of 2008 and 2009 in the United States, having sold over 29 million books in 2008 and 26.5 million in 2009. In 08, Meyer also released The Host, which debuted at number one on the New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller list. Also, I love The Host. I also reread that book so many times. I never Honestly, got probably it. a better story. Yeah. I never better love story it. than Twilight. I've heard that, <laughs> and I heard the movie was really good, too. I haven't seen the movie either. I was a little disappointed just because you can't, like, convey all the things that need to be conveyed, you know? Well, you're a true mm-hmm. book nerd, yeah. so of course you can tell her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a theater gal. Um... <laughs> um let's see additionally usa today declared stephanie meyer author of the year citing she had done something that no one else had in the 15 years of us today usa today best-selling book list she swept the top four slots in 2008 meyer also accomplished this feat in 2009 when the saga once again dominated the top of the list altogether the books have spent over 303 weeks on the new york times bestseller list graduated from Brigham University with a degree in English literature and lives in Arizona with her husband and sons. So there's a little bit of controversy around her and I think Mackenzie, I think you probably know more about that than I do. I just kind of. Give me the bullet points you have and I can maybe fill in some gaps, but. Yeah, we can talk about it probably as we go through our SWAT analysis. Um, (laughs) So what is SWAT? It's the acronyms S-W-O-T. 
and stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And so a SWOT analysis is a technique for assessing these four aspects of your business. And we're doing this for just, you know, like a movie book franchise, which is fine. But if you want to learn more about SWOT analyses and what they can do for your company, your organization, we have a link in the um, show notes below. So just would so totally to clarify, you check so it out like, they're so cool. You mentioned this is like a business assessment, but we're not assessing the business franchise of twilight which obviously mm. is majorly successful we're criticizing the media of it correct yes okay yes, great, yes, great. Yes. just double checking and so the book was written by a woman stephanie meyer and the movie do you know the director off the top of your head Mackenzie? i know who she is but no i can't remember what her name is off the top of my head i can totally picture it. uh her name is katherine hardwick Catherine Hardwick. Um, That's right. Yes. So two totally, you know, women-made media here that we're talking about. So I thought we'd just dive right into some strengths. And again, like I prefaced before, I'm going to go through one, maybe two for each SWOT acronym here. There's plenty more, but I would encourage you to do some more research. And we can regroup and chat through it, Mackenzie, too. Cool. So strengths, um, you know, what did you do well? What unique resources can you draw on? And what do others see as your strengths? Um, Twilight first hit shelves in 2005. And like I said, was a huge pop culture shock. It, for context, J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series was the most successful series to do this prior. And the seventh and final book, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, came out in 2007. So Twilight came out like right toward the end of the Harry Potter era. And it was from this that we found ourselves engrossed in Twilight and frankly, the vampire scene in general. It certainly wasn't the first vampire book, but it did it really well in the sense that it, it hooked, you know, women of all ages, I think. A lot of stereotypically heterosexual men thought it was stupid, but toxic masculinity. Yeah. But it totally got at everything women were taught. Um yeah, yeah. I think it's super interesting that um, because you know, I I've I've read series before, but nothing that was as like widely known. Like I would never probably be like, other than like Ramona and Beezus prior to that, <laughs> expect somebody to know the series I was reading. I would probably have to explain it. And Twilight and Harry Potter were the two that like, you did not need to talk about what they were. People knew. <laughs> yeah, but I think also it's interesting that you had kind of that gender correlation that you explicitly like said and felt because harry potter there might be people who like over harry potter or just didn't get harry potter but it was not nearly as charged as twilight was and that's i guess another component of it is while romance plays a factor in harry potter it's not as central like there's other more more multifaceted parts of those relationships and also it's not like a central theme where in twilight it is a couple and their ups and downs as a couple 
is widely the so that's part of it but that's not everything you know like there there was a gendered aspect of it that because women loved it and because especially tween girls like that tween girl buying magic power is being underestimated in the economy of it all Mm -hmm. um economics of it all that and people love to put down one direction like think of all the uggs like the things that we like to charge as being like you're that type of person and that being mm-hmm. that type of person is not great and it's like mm-hmm. young women have tremendous buying power and make industries oh, so 100%. you can shame yes. them for it but <laughs> well rude of I you. wonder if it was so successful because like in the very first Harry Potter books you know the series kind of grew up with some people they the first ones were children's books truly like a second grader can read them and it's appropriate a hundred percent and so then like growing up through that and then at the end you get a lot more blood and gore and deeper themes and then if you end up liking Twilight too I think it could be like a natural progression maybe like in terms of like you know, your interests socially and like sexually and all of that. So um, I did not read the Harry Potter books, but I loved the movies. So um, that's where I was at that point. And Twilight totally filled my like gap there. <laughs> um, moving on to some weaknesses. So these Wait, quick question. Can you hear work. anything above me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you hear anything? No. could you throughout that process no. okay then it doesn't matter mm-hmm. I don't know if they're bowling upstairs or what the my roommate's not even home so somebody's doing something in my roommate's room that's not here but it is making hmm. noise but as long as you guys can't hear it it doesn't really matter yep can't hear it cool um so uh, yes strengths and then weaknesses so what can you improve where do you have fewer resources than others and what are others likely to see as weakness so part of it is where do you have fewer resources than others it was kind of an indie movie when it was produced um it was produced by a a woman producer which shouldn't be a weakness but is unfortunately or was at that point and Um, that's proven by the fact that once the franchise was successful they brought in male directors and yes that the person who made the first movie what it was and got it to that success point was then removed so that a person of a higher caliber could then champion the series because that's what it needed a lot of air quotes there were a lot of air quotes there (laughs) exactly (laughs) um so aside from that and the actual storyline, it you know kind of glorifies possessive and abusive relationships, sets unrealistic expectations for relationships. We can't all be in love with a werewolf or vampire. But Katie, you got that. There's a limited number of them. <laughs> you got that. He's hairy, but he's not a vampire. <laughs> oh. I mean, a werewolf, dang it. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to dive in a little deeper to is racism. I found this um, article from The Atlantic called, at its core, the Twilight Saga is about blank. 
and then it goes through all these different topics and one of them was prejudice racism so i'm just going to read directly from this article because i think that says it best other analyses suggest that the twilight saga is a story about racial prejudice about the good white people versus the bad dark-skinned people in a psychology today article uh, melissa berkeley points out that edward and his extraordinary family are described as possessing impossible beauty characterized by pale white skin their skin sparkles in the sunlight, their bodies are solid, perfectly carved and smooth, like marble statues, which are white. Just as the columns exude purity and kindness, they're also strongly associated with this whiteness. Um, Berkeley points out when Bella is hurt, she even mistakes Edward for an angel, the ultimate symbol of virtue. Stephanie Meyer's use of imagery capitalizes on the reader's already entrenched association that white is good. It's simple math. If white equals good and vampires equal white, then it must be vampires equal good. So it would only follow that the Cullen's clans, the Cullen clan's mortal enemies, the Quileute, Quileute, nope. I knew how to pronounce it two seconds ago. This is going to be a Quileute because I pronounce it wrong, I think, in the actual movie, which is another thing I'm going to talk about in a second. Um, the Quileute werewolf pack would be characterized by uh, similarly alarming color coding. So basically, Stephanie Meyer um, characterized the vampires as white folks and all that is good about being white. And she characterized the Quileute nation as, vamp as werewolves and all that could be associated with being bad and dark. I 100% so, get that and I don't want to contest any of that but if like following like the storyline through they were also like the werewolf tribe were also the people who knew correctly and were right and that's true 100% and acted the most honorably arguably I don't know the Cullen clan continues to be considered honorable in a lot of ways but they still weren't the heroes of their story you know? it's true they were not the heroes of the story as they should have been frankly for their actions also I do think there's a trope in there about how like the vampires ultimate enemy were other vampires and how like Edward always saw himself as the biggest monster so there's like that internal conflict of his and then it also gets represented throughout the storyline as like the ultimate technical villain in the story where other vampires yeah. are themselves but also yeah that symbolism is shady and there were other <laughs> really big not even slights like really big terrible things that happened with like the way in which she like appropriated culture and also perpetuate mm. like she did a lot of things that, that come are 100 racist but i just to give it nuance <laughs> to give depth to give a, mm -hmm. more i thought i would i don't know those are the things that come to my mind so that leads me to my next bullet point appropriation appropriation of indigenous cultures without casting or attributing roles from that community so yeah the quileute tribe is a real community of people that you can find out more about at quileutenation.org that is in the show notes um I'm, i pulled a quote from their website just to kind of about <clears throat> that 
Ocean. So the Quileute tribe in Lapush, Washington on the shores of the Pacific Ocean. They have lived there and hunted this area for thousands of years. Although the village of Lapush is only about one square mile, the tribe's original territory stretched along the shores of the Pacific from the glaciers of Mount Olympus to the rivers of the rainforest. Because of that remote location of Lapush, the Quileute have built a tourism industry that serves those seeking a relaxing getaway or rejuvenating adventure. The tribe's Oceanside Resort along First Beach offers an ocean view accommodation ranging from rustic to luxurious. You can do whale watching in the spring, surfing, fishing, and hiking in the summer, and storm watching in the fall and winter. Did you happen to get any info about people actually doing like twilight tourism? <laughs> like cinema tourism? Um, I didn't just because I didn't want to put my energy there. Yeah. Um, but I would have been the first person to do Twilight tourism. And I know people who have like, I have a friend who moved out to um, um, Seattle and he took a weekend trip. But every single photo she, photo she posted from, I think she went to Forks. Washington and she every single one she posted was about like the shitty things that Stephanie Meyer (laughs) did in her book to appropriate cultures and things so um she she was like my my teenage heart is singing but realistically this sucks (laughs) um so yeah I would encourage you to do some research into this nation. I will, I need to do some more, but in the movies and the books, they talk about La Push. It's a place that's actually filmed, and um, you know these are like Mackenzie said, all real places that you can go. They're definitely small towns. Like there's not a lot to do there unless you're a Twilight nerd like us. <laughs> um. I have a little tickle in my throat, so I'm slowly eating a graham cracker here. Um, so strengths, weaknesses, some opportunities. What are what's open to you? What trends can you take advantage of? And how can you turn your strengths into opportunities? So uh, obviously, from a business perspective, this looks very different than a media perspective. But I tried to get into that a little bit. Opportun- and it's kind of hard because while it came out you know, 15 years ago. So just trying to get, you know, like what were some opportunities that could have come about. Um, switch your realistic perspective of experiencing it to then be like a business perspective. Right, right. So it, and I think I already said this too, it elevated the indie movie scene a little bit for folks like me. For sure. I watched an indie movie. I, I mean, I was like probably too young to appreciate indie movies or um, too young to be allowed to watch some indie movies. Um, Shout out to the <laughs> indie music. Like the person who put the soundtrack together. Hmm. Some of that is Robert Pattinson's music. Is there... Like what do you mean by that? Like was he in a band or? No, he did. Um, let me look it up. Robert, music, and Twilight. Um, when I believe when she is 
at the end in the ballet studio and everything's breaking and there's like a really dramatic song that comes on. I think that's him singing. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> but it is a banging soundtrack. Like, Wait, will you please play that song? Because I, I genuinely listened listened slash I think it wasn't that long ago that I actually tossed it on as for all time's sake. Um, yes, I will. I was gonna say there's lyrics. Hold on. This is troubling and terrible. This song just brought me back. I'm 12 and I'm in love. <laughs> I'm in, in love with the concept of love. I oh. <laughs> and she wipes away tears. I listened. To, this was so. <laughs> I would listen to music like like my boom box I'd put CDs on repeat and it would just play over and over and over all over through the night and at first it was the first Taylor Swift album and then I think the one that replaced that was the Twilight soundtrack I have listened to the soundtrack so many times and I had no idea that was him because it was yeah. free-ish internet-ish yeah, I mean, it wasn't like pre internet, but it was just pre like looking everything up. I I only had the soundtrack cover, and I didn't really care who the artists were because it was the Twilight series. <gasps> yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, Twilight soundtrack. Here's his other song. Let me sign. Let me sign. Yeah, but that's totally the scene I was talking about. Not okay. Look how dramatic that. it is. <laughs> so I'm dramatic. not okay, and I have the same internet speeds as I would have had back then. Between the age of my device and our internet tonight, I am struggling, <laughs> and it brings me back. Hold on, add. Skip ads. There we go. Oh, we're gonna get the lyrics. Oh, man. 
Suddenly, Robin, Rob, Robin, Rob Patterson's relationship with Kristen Stewart as human beings makes sense again. Like, Mm -hmm. what? The the raspiness, Mm -hmm. the nuance. Mm I would have been so much more in love with him had I known that that was the case. And I'm really glad I didn't know at that time. Um, I don't know. I didn't need to know now. Katie, why did you do this to me? Sorry, you're going to listen to the soundtrack forever and ever now. I'm literally going to. I'm. That's what I'm listening to now. Finally, you got me out of my Taylor Swift. <laughs> there we go. The cycle continues. I'm regressing. I'm just going to regret. <laughs> I'm gonna go all the way back to Aaron Carter. It's just gonna hit the straight shot now. I don't know. We're burgering that for you. <laughs> I just like to mention that this Twilight video, which Katie and I are watching now, like composite, like graphics put together over on top of the soundtrack, but it was posted in 2010, which is still sooner than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And oh, I don't have the last one up still, but I'm gonna I'm gonna peg that a a cool 2009. <laughs> so. And the oh. fact that I YouTubed to listen to those takes me back because I don't do that anymore. 100%. I got the spots. Got the spots. I got the spots. Yeah. So that's something. I feel like the actors would have been, I mean, they signed on for an indie movie basically. And then they had to do like a lot more work than was like originally intended for it I feel like they would have been much happier had it been like true to what they had signed on for yeah um well I really appreciate that segue and I think we're gonna keep it in the podcast so sorry I just really needed to know no a hundred percent and we should link I'm gonna make a note to like link their songs take them to the YouTube video that's what everybody deserves you're not watching the curated images over soundtrack youtube video you're not doing it right okay off that dick has to be um, earlier otherwise it doesn't count let it go let it go it feels so right that i'm doing my nails during this too like this is this is prime 12 year old mckenzie bullshit I love it. I don't paint my nails anymore because I chip them too quickly. And they will. They'll be gone in two days. They will be, I'll be embarrassed at work. Um, Some other opportunities (laughs) to turn the Twilight Saga into a franchise. That was a huge one. Um, You know, there have been countless companion texts, spinoffs, merchandise, and more. I mean, hell, even Fifty Shades of Grey started off as Twilight fanfic. 
Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Another um, problematic white woman author, but right, right. Um, <laughs> as another opportunity, I think at the time the first movie was made, producer could have made it more feminist. Um, maybe I'll just say feminist and not more feminist because it's not super feminist. Um, you know, one of Stephanie Meyer's comments was that it is a feminist book movie as we see a woman choosing the life she wants and so like yes maybe in that sense like no shame if you like do follow a guy if you do follow their family um that's totally a person's choice but I saw a lot of opportunities for the movies producers to modify the storyline a little bit you know first like women hold no leadership roles Carlisle Cullen is the head of his coven um, most heads of the covens of vampires are male. The werewolves are, you know, mostly men. They didn't know that a woman could be a werewolf until what the third book, spoiler. Um, things like that. I would definitely not pass the Bechdel test. Um, Second, then we learn about how the Cullens become vampires. And this is actually like weirdly highly gendered too. Um, Edward died of Spanish influenza. Jasper was in the Revol- Civil War. Civil War, I said revolutionary. It's the Civil War. And Emmett died, I believe, in a bear attack in the woods, if I have that correctly. Um, conversely, uh, Esme died by suicide, I think after her child died. There was a situation like that. And then Rosalie was found by Carlisle in the streets after being raped by her fiance's friends. There's later this awesome scene where she goes in her wedding dress and kills them all off one by one when she becomes a vampire. Um, and Alice was deemed insane and thrown in an asylum. And I don't, she doesn't know who turned her into a vampire, but um, yeah, she was seen as crazy. So highly masculine and feminine, you know, stereotypical divides here about motherhood and family and marriage versus fighting and disease and bear attacks. That was actually a really good note. Honestly, I was kind of in my mind going like, yeah, like there's some tropes, but like, like I was trying to justify it. I was like, but like in terms of like the woman who becomes uh werewolf is like again like theoretically on paper like this like ex-girlfriend who can't get over it and blah 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 but then like they give Leah depth and I was like so if you play with a trope and then you expand upon it is it at least like making it like kind of transforming it if you will but you're right that was everybody's origin stories being that like that stronger divide and that repetition in that thank you for bringing that to light because I didn't think that through and I was like again like Rosalie's revenge scene like fantastic yeah right yeah I think they they I mean movies take liberties with this all the time they totally could have you know and I don't know how heavy of a hand Stephanie might have had in the writing but I feel like they could have reimagined what these storylines look like and that holds so much power you know like what if it wasn't you know historically relevant like what if we imagined a past where Rosalie was the breadwinner and her um fiance like 
killed her out of jealousy because she was sleeping with another man or something like you know it's still not like feminist but like a little bit more empowering than a helpless victim which they played her up to be um and then of course as a vampire she's seen as a bitch like the bitchiest of the Collins and without even again the bitch. trope then she becomes the biggest advocate and ally or, and like flips the script so yeah but you're right there's yeah. too much there's too much roots yeah. there so a lot of opportunities that could have arisen um I think one opportunity that did come with the different directors is my favorite Twilight theory and that it's it started like each movie was a little bit higher quality and my theory was that the um in terms of like camera angles and cg effects and cgi and like effects and things like that i think like was a thing more money put into it obviously Mackenzie's shaking her head but here's my theory is that like as Bella, you know through the story she gets closer and closer to the vampires and then spoiler eventually becomes a vampire herself the production gets more like quote smooth it gets like so far away from that original indie vibe and like perfect like we are supposed to see the vampires as and Mackenzie's gonna disagree with me but I'm gonna hold my own here understanding that is not perfect and there's not one perfect directing style <laughs> and not one perfect shooting style or editing style but that was my theory I will say that I guilty pleasure watch the Twilight series so I have seen all of them within the last two years I would say um okay. and I, I wasn't like outrightly like disagreeing with you. I was disappointed in you. Um, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um no, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> but I it's interesting because I hadn't heard that quote unquote fan theory and like also like the technology got better. I feel like it was just like kind of kismet in some ways oh, where like the technology yeah. was adapting and like that was becoming standards with other practices and they more closely align themselves with like action movies where that was becoming 100%. the standard so but I think you mm. identified some really interesting thing there and for me personally like new moon was my least favorite movie so like mm. it was either going to meet twilight or like slightly diminish but to me there was only only way to go was up really because like and then I'm trying to think Eclipse would have been my favorite. They did end up doing things with Breaking Dawn that I really appreciated cinematically. And so I actually liked those a lot better than I thought I would. Mm. Um, yeah. I was also like not as emotionally tethered <laughs> to it at that point. So I kind of enjoyed the main playful and doing some of that more elaborate video work where I, when like the original Twilight came out, like it was so right that it was so indie, like, because I felt like that was like very authentic storytelling, like, the heart of the matter the story was the focus that sort of thing so I will say like this is my only counterpoint and it's not even really a counterpoint is that I really can only watch the first Twilight movie and like 
at least like I can just respect for the time frame and for the budget and for all the considerations. Like that's a movie. Like that is like a heartfelt intentional experience. And the rest of them is just kind of like bullshit, bullshit. And, but like, it's fine. Like there's a time and place for that. Like I, again, I've watched all of them in the last two years. So I, I, I don't reject them actively, but I don't seek them out either. They're kind of, they're good movies to watch when you're cleaning <laughs> or like bored Stop out of your mind one day. <laughs> I love cleaning movies. I live for cleaning movies. <laughs> okay. I appreciate your rebuttal and I, I accept it. I'm taking it in Thank and, you. and backing you up, I guess. Give cleaning <clears throat> movies a try. Give them a chance. <laughs> I will. I have movies. I'll, I don't have like go-tos, but like I'll put on a certain type of show or movie in the background while I'm doing other things like on my laptop. Here's my new recommendation of a movie to try that out with. The Sweetest Thing featuring Cameron Diaz. Great cleaning movie. Hmm, okay. It's on Amazon Prime for free. The Sweetest Thing. It's like this mm. weird rom-com. You completely forgot. We were too young for that era of movie to really resonate with it ourselves. But I would say Julia Roberts, she did this like pizza movie, the pizza mystique or something like that. I would say that was the start of a certain thread of rom-coms that were really odd in like the 90s, early 2000s. And I would say the sweetest thing was the last of them. And it was just like, it's a thing. (laughs) Okay. It's noted. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. (laughs) So threats, the Twilight franchise. Um, so threats are, you know, what could harm you? What is your competition doing? And what threats and weaknesses expose? What do your threats, no. What threats do your weaknesses expose you to? Um, <clears throat> I talked a little bit before about, you know, weaknesses could be, you know, not being culturally competent doesn't always stay on the top of test of time. Um, you know, people like us are recognizing that, you know, they were problematic and I'm probably less likely to go back to a movie like that. I am less likely to go back to a movie like that. Uh, <clears throat> one of my threats is, I think Mackenzie's going to contest this, the low budget for the movie. <laughs> um, there were some parts of it that were pretty, like, joke-worthy, like when the vampires were running things like that, they weren't, for whatever reason, because it was such a low budget, I think they were kind of, you know, I I just will always remember one of my friends, like, we watched it at my house, and she just laughed the entire time because of that. They came up with creative solutions on a technical, technical, technicality they came up with some creative solutions but I don't disagree also I think any complaints about acting and whatnot I'm guessing there are some support staff that was not there that could have been utilized to help increase some of those uh performance dealios so 100 percent 100 percent and that means that I also still will go back and watch the movie because I loved it. <laughs> and I mean, we also, 
So you mentioned the director of the movie was a woman. She's awesome. She created her previous movie to Twilight. It's called 13. It actually has Vanessa Hudgens, like a young Vanessa Hudgens in it. And she created Mm -hmm. that movie on an incredibly low budget to the point where they filmed the movie in her house. And like, I think it took a lot of time. I'm, I'm trying to remember if they had to film it like in two or three different segments because they didn't have the budget to finish it all the way through. I can't remember all the nuances of, it's called 13. Um, you can find it at your local family video in the middle section with on the weird. Pop it. <laughs> or I could in Waverly, Iowa, at least. <laughs> this is how my friends and I spent some of our evenings was just watching the b-rated movies like b-level movies in the middle of family video but it's it's worth it honestly it's an interesting cultural commentary on the early 2000s and wild teen atmosphere something that we missed we were too young we were like four when this was happening but completely worth oh my god You've seen it? The uh, no, but it was Nikki Reed who plays Rosalie in Twilight. Helped write it with Hardwick. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I think nope. she also stars in it. She's on the cover. Not. Yeah, she's in it. It was. I watched it, it pre-Twilight. I don't know. Oh my gosh, crazy. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Wow. The things we learn. The things we learn. writing Oh, she also, Catherine Hardwick also produced Red Riding Hood in 2011, which starred Amanda Seyfried and um, was produced by Leonardo DiCaprio. Hmm. Very cool. Okay, well, learning more and more things every day. I love that. <laughs> um, another threat to the Twilight's rant Twilight franchise was competing franchises. Um, prior to Twilight, the Vampire Diaries were already a book, but um, the first Twilight movie was released in 08, and the first Vampire Diaries um, season was released in 09. Um, there's the series called Hush Hush by Becca Fitzpatrick, um, a book series that were released in 2009, captured much of the same audience, including your girl, Katie, um, and same with the House of Night series by PC Cast and Christine Cast. It came out in 07 and has so many of the same tropes as the 05 Twilight book. It is actually kind of wild. Um, and I read it recently, kind of, it was supposed to be a comfort read, but it just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> so <coughs> it was so 2007. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, overall, Overall, Twilight has a lot of strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Um, I don't believe it will withstand the test of time, but I think we need to recognize the culture shock it had 
in the US at least, um, and it will live in some of our hearts forever. It was definitely a period of time in my life. And I know it was a period of time in your life too, Mackenzie. You gotta um, see the active. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I would just, if you're watching, I would encourage, you know, and recommend donating to the Quilute Nation, educating yourself on healthy relationships um, between partners and doing research into some of the other weaknesses that could be harmful to women and minority communities. Um, there's a really interesting article called on Vox called Reckoning of Twilight 10 Years Later. It deals with a lot of these topics that we didn't have time for and I'll link that below too. And okay. because if you find any other links, let me know. I have a feeling you'll be, you know, researching a little bit of Robert Pattinson's music. Um, <laughs> we can share some of that. I don't think it'll make the She Said playlist, but maybe a couple of them will. <laughs> At least the Twilight ones. <laughs> Twilight ones will now be on there. You'll be now available okay. to you. Yeah. <laughs> now available for stream. <laughs> available to own on Blu-ray, DVD. Uh, Take me so, back. Wow, Katie. Yeah, that's my SWOT analysis. That's what I like. Incredibly well done. Would have thought it was your master's thesis. You, you, in my mind, now have a PhD in Twilight. So thank you for that. <clears throat> and You're welcome. Yeah, I definitely think this is a franchise that deserved recognition. Like, it, at the very least, here we are 13 years later still talking about it and still talking about the concepts it brought up and I think that at the very least has value so but again I don't want to like elevate some of the more harmful aspects of it so I'm really glad you created this format where we could acknowledge those and then also some of the other aspects of it as well that's beyond storyline or beyond gut reactions or the PR that was handled around it because there was a lot there's a lot there and I appreciate <laughs> your disclaimer because that really was 10% we could have gone so much further uh, yeah in, on so many aspects of it but folks put them in the comments or shoot us a DM like I want to hear it I want you to tumble with this with us and tell us if you were team Edward or team Jacob I had a friend who said she was team Bella I don't think she's like I think she's straight, I mean, but she would take your shirt off <laughs> at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's my sense of humor. So I'm like <laughs> particularly enjoying that. Wow. <laughs> Katie, how'd you get two of us? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Got lucky, I guess. Absolutely, I did. <laughs> I remember in the last oh. movie when they do like that fake start at the end and I'm going to just describe it as that because Katie's eyes just went wide I think she knows what I'm talking about I was I called it like from the get-go of it happening I was like no, no. You didn't. I called it I called it I was like they're gonna say just kidding in like three to five minutes and then that's what they did and I was like I vividly remember that moment. I started. Did you go to the midnight premiere of all of them? Um, not all of them, but I at least mm, (coughs) probably the last three. 
was the last one was last book was Splendid too. So probably like the last three movies. Um, yeah, we definitely had like parties though where we would watch at least the one before and like all my friends and their moms would come and we would sit and then we would stand in line for the movie I that's so wholesome no my friends and I mean we did in a wholesome way like we would go to the midnight premieres but we would like go and get pizza and get ice cream and camp out and be cute and just hang out and it was really just an excuse to get together but toward the end there at least but I went to all the premieres with the same people and then the and then a couple of extra folks and I would do like Hunger Games and like the other ones too. Right. I miss. I hope that's something that comes back post COVID yeah. for the next generation is like midnight releases. Oh yeah. To go sit oh, in yeah. line until midnight and then watch a movie on a school night, like on a Thursday night. I'd be really sad if they didn't get it's that. Huge. Yeah. I know. I know. Such an easy way to like do something fun. Excitement. I'll take it in any form. Any form. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That well, was if it. I can find some of those. I'll I'll resurrect them from the vault. I'll be my mom wearing Team Edward and Team Jacob shirts. But please, <laughs> I need to see this. I'm texting Karen. Karen, I hear you're Team Edward. Same. You hate Katie too. Cool. Me too. <laughs> is katie wrong (laughs) i think so too yes (laughs) oh katie's like Uh, partly the right i should say book katie's right movie katie's wrong actually i don't know i might be with you Mm. i might be mending my ways you said what you said i said what i said said. said said. (laughs) all right that can be enough of twilight for today i guess there's never enough Thank you. If we learned anything, <laughs> it's all encompassing. You're all in or you're all out. No in between. True. It's so true. Um, all so, right. Oh, sweet as wine? Sweet as wine. Yeah. Sweet as wine. What is a sweet as wine for you, Mackenzie? My sweetest wine is that I have felt out of balance a little bit the last few weeks with work-life balance, work-life harmony, however you want to put it. And last week kind of went wackadoodle because I traveled for work and I didn't get information that I was very clear that I needed much earlier than I got it. And so I stayed up until 1 a.m. in my hotel room creating a flyer because that's how long it took. And then I, the next night, decided to lean in to the fact that we're at our last session and it's like a really meaningful thing for work. And so I had fun and enjoyment and that lasted until 1 or 2 a.m., um, I learned how to play euchre. <laughs> Which Yay! Is really fun. Yeah. Euchre. Oh my god, we'll play. We'll play. We'll get like Megan in the mix. We can have our four. I was so excited. I'm so I completely forget. I don't how know if she knows if I am. No, it's fine. I can be her partner. Um, actually, no, I need to be with a winner. Katie, you're my partner. We'll throw Josh <laughs> to the wolves. I don't care. Um perfect. 
so that was really fun but like being gone from my house and my routine and things like it and having that imbalance of sleep I was exhausted by the end so came back and then my weekend went in a blink of an eye and I woke up and I thought maybe today's a day I just take off like if I don't I think I'm gonna be sick later on like I'm tired I need more me time I'm feeling stressed I'm feeling constrained but then I went no I also have deadlines and things that I feel like I can only get done today and like I will feel anxious and behind all week if I don't do it today so instead I powered through and I got to a really good stopping point with work um a half an hour early so I decided to take off and then my car really needed a car wash and I've been thinking that for like a week and it's my new car that I want to take really good care of and so I um went and I bought myself a car wash subscription so I can go for unlimited car washes and it pays itself off if I go every week so and I like go to the horse barn and it's on gravel so I feel like I'll end up going probably more like twice a week because it'll get a little dusty doing that and I'm officially bougie um but I um Yeah. So I just, I made the decision after doing that and that felt really good because it was just something that was in the back of my mind on my to-do list. Like one of those things that it's not like a requirement, like I'm not dropping the ball with it by not doing it, but just, it's like something I feel like I want to do to live my life and have my things the way I want them, the things I care for, the things I pay for the way I want them. And so I officially decided that I'm taking Friday off of work. So I'm very excited about that. I've been wanting to volunteer um, for this, um, food program with urban dreams over in lunch hour. And I keep procrastinating. Like it just, I, I knew I would have to take time off to go do that. And I was like, well, I should find a Friday. And so I'm excited. Cause I'm going to go volunteer and do that over my lunch hour. And I might invite my little to go do that with me. And then we get to do like kind of a service project together, which would be really fun. And I have a happy hour Aww. that evening, but it feels really good. So I have a three-day weekend and I was going to go home this weekend back to the Cedar Valley, actually kind of for sad reasons. I have a funeral that I wanted to attend, but again, feeling stressed for time and energy, I decided that I'm no longer going to go back for that. And I will reach out to the widow next week and give her a call and make plans to come back and be able to actually spend time with her and do a meal because yeah I think there'll be a time where you know things will settle down a little bit more and that's probably the time where it'd be really meaningful to connect um but I wish I could make it back for everything but just where I'm sitting with work and everything so my sweetest wine is smelling the roses prioritizing myself still getting my work done but putting it in perspective of what's really important and then yeah wine about it wine about it it was all mixed that was like just kind of like a smorgasbord of it all everything everything yeah that funeral will be live streamed too if you do want to tune in is it oh that's so is is night vision doing that is joshua doing that no it's just st paul's st paul's does that okay well that's really good to know Mm -hmm. i 
I'll definitely <clears throat> tune in for that then. I learned so much about him after he passed, things I didn't know. And like Me too. for a while, mm-hmm. I was seeing them at least once a week, but up to three times a week. And I had no idea he's that old. If he asked me how old he was, I would have guessed him like maybe 85. And he was like yeah. 75, 85, 90. Yeah. And like he was like a, ni- like a really young 90. Yeah. Ugh. Great man. He was a great man. He was a great man. Yeah. Um, well, my whine about it is kind of along those lines. My, my grandma died. Oh, Katie, I'm oh, so sorry. Uh, I knew she was in hospice and. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a long journey, but she officially passed. Remind um, me, Karen's mom or Tom's mom? Karen's. Karen's, yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> it's just, yeah, it's weird and hard and. My, my sweetest one is that we're going on vacation. My parents and grandparents, my aunt, my dad's sister, um, leaving this Friday. And that'll be super nice. And coming back the following Sunday is um, my grandma's funeral. So it'll just it'll be a little bit of a whirlwind. And um, it's just like all the things that come up with like funerals and you know, it can go really well and like be a celebration or it can go like the family's eating each other's throats out and it feels like it's the latter right now. So, um, yeah, I just feel sad for my mom and having to go through that. Like she shouldn't, she should find comfort in being with her siblings. And I feel like that's not happening right now. So, but we all got to visit her and make peace with it. When did she pass? overnight oh over last night yeah so yeah I took uh, I did go into work but I took like off at 10 10 30 and then I took a long long nap and yeah um, yeah it's it's just strange and weird and she's my first grandparent to pass away so yeah yeah yeah. Day. What a homage. Right. Right. Oh, so yeah, that's it's sad. Um, but there's so much else happening in my life. I think I'm feeling it in waves. Yeah. And, um. Yeah. I've just been you know, a few months to mourn. And yeah, I mean, when it first happened, we didn't think she was going to last the week. So it's been since mid-February. Yeah. Um, when's your vacation with your family again? Um, we're leaving on Friday. So oh, wow. A week-ish. Um, we're driving down to Alabama. Gulf Shores yeah hopefully that'll do everybody some good to be able to come together like that and I know how much Karen's heart fills just being with you and being able to have that connection too so yeah I know you her world of good 
Well, and it'll be my grandpa's um, anniversary, his birthday um, when we're down there. And my dad is graduating from um, his master's. Ah, yeah. go Tom. Yeah, so he'll be graduating on the beach on Saturday or Sunday um, over Zoom. <laughs> Congrats, grad. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Is he gonna get baptized? <laughs> no, he's already baptized. in the water. <laughs> Re I can dunk him, but dunk him, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> yeah. So, big happy is big sads. Yeah. I'm really glad you went second because I think I would feel I don't know more guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could. I would have just been like, well. Do a moment of silence for mine in memoriam. <laughs> There's no way to follow that. Oh, yeah. I'll be thinking about you all. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> yeah. She, she was a good human. Very, very laughter prone. Like she would always find something to joke about. So, love it. I love it. What are some of your interest that you like sewing was that a grandma activity uh yeah um more like crocheting um she would always crochet and she did a little bit of knitting but it was mostly crocheting like scarves and hats and mittens for I don't know what organization in town but like for people who are in need and um she taught everyone how to crochet and then the people who didn't know like learned by her bedside at my aunt's house when you know she was in hospice mm -hmm. and um it was just way cool like like to see my I think he's th my 30 year old cousin and boy <laughs> you know crocheting at a uh, um like an ear warmer for his girlfriend like <laughs> super cute cute yeah. oh my gosh oh <laughs> yeah so I love it mm -hmm. yeah 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 well <laughs> to segue out of this <laughs> this was our last fall episode of the season so next week <laughs> we're coming back with um kind of a recap and like talking maybe about some highs some things we really enjoyed and um maybe when we'll be back yeah <laughs> season and recap we're doing um performance reviews on each other oh, and shit. so to follow up the very intensive interviews we did previous previously we are now going to do 360 feedback um, we're going to talk about glass ceilings and how we can, in fact, shatter them. Um, and we're working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Mackenzie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for Twilight. This is something <laughs> I didn't know I needed. <laughs> You're so welcome. Go listen to Robert Pattinson. I am. You know I am. There's like no way I'm not. <laughs> Bye. Bye.